The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell's back with us. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Oh, thanks. Dining planning. Yeah, I think we have a dinner out to some restaurant my dad booked. Nice. Only two of my three kids will be there. Don't forget your mask. Yeah, I know. In between bites. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. No, once I'm at the table, there's no mask. I just hold the straw, the drink straw in my mouth, so there's no issue. There you go. I hope everyone has a nice one. I don't think the weather's going to, you know, be too nice this weekend. I, I, all, you know, we're taping the show on Friday morning. So we'll, we'll talk a lot of economic news. So, again, this is financial food for thought. Um, a lot of financial news, Carrie, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of headlines. A lot of fearful Americans right now. Yeah. And people are fearful about the vaccine people are fearful about getting the rona people are fearful about the economy people are fearful about a stock bubble bursting people are fearful about a housing market bursting people are fear- fearful that their taxes are going to go up mhm people are fearful that we're going to have a war with china mhm what but- about people like it's been a long time fear but long term care stay that's still a theme for people or nursing home. Well, we're talk- that's a real fear. Okay? I'm say, just talking about perceived fears. I, I don't know. I think some of those could be potential. I was going to say health care costs going up, which they are. That's reality. <laughs> those some things- of those could be, Mark. But uh, but some some of the persons that some of the people some of the mothers that made news this week mm-hmm. was Janet Yellen. Okay. All right, and. Jalian, as you know, Treasury Secretary, former federal chairman, for Reserve Bank chairman, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I said in the beginning when when Biden appointed our Treasury Secretary, I said there's going to have to be a huge collaboration between Jay Powell, the current Fed chairman, right, and Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, if if we if we're going to be successful in having a Rona recession recovery, right? And those are two very smart people, right. And uh, and honestly, know, with Janet Yellen doing that job before, I would think that would give her a better insight compared to somebody who hasn't and the workings of that. Right. But on the same token, Carrie, though, you, what she says as Treasury Secretary, she's not acting role as Federal Reserve Bank Chairman. Right. She's not setting monetary policy. True. She's working in a Biden White House administration. And so what she... so But yet, mm, we were but the the markets just panicked with what she said early in the week. So I want to start off with her, and and, and you're going to hear this clip. And there's also going to be some very well known people you might recognize some of the voices, uh, you know, saying, you know, is this inflation risk real? Mm-hmm. Do we have to, you know, start, you know, hoarding our, you know, goods, um, or it? Does the Federal Reserve, along with Treasury Secretary, really know what they're doing? Cause some very modest increases in interest rates to get that reallocation. But um, these are investments our economy needs to be competitive and to be productive. So that's what spooked the market, that one line. And the market sold off on it. Jeez. Okay. Substantial inflation. It's very interesting. I mean, it, it, you've recognized this voice, Warren Buffett. Rising prices to us, uh, 
and it's being accepted. Janet Yellen now, uh, the former Fed chairman, fighting John Nigerian, taking the opposite side uh, from the Treasury now that she's the head of versus uh, Jay Powell and the Fed. Um, that uh, dynamic, I think, is something that people are a little nervous about, Scott. So, again, taxes for corporates and the combination of Yellen going against Jay Powell because Powell has been steadfast in that they are not thinking about thinking about thinking about doing anything. Um, and she's saying, yeah, but you might have to now. But I think her comments are right. I mean, I, I, first of all, when you take where rates yeah, are today, one of the black where real people. rates are today that are Rick extremely negative, where we negative 88 basis points in 10-year real rates. Listen, that's not the right level. You've got an economy that is growing and it could be well into the high sevens GDP this year. And listen, every client call I'm on, including the one I just finished, when you know, is uh, is talking about overheating. Everybody's talking about overheating. Listen, Everyone's I think that that is about. right. About most of these costs are transitory, and I think most are. When you when you have a reopening like this, when you have a bid for copper and lumber and energy. You're going to get some extraordinary numbers, and the inventory levels have been drawn down across everything from houses to autos to anything retail. So you get a pop, and I think most of that is a near-term impact. However, the longer that policy stays this easy, as long as the liquidity in the system is excessive, then you run the risk that you overheat or you run the risk that things um, you know, have to the exit from this policy maybe it may have to be a bit more aggressive. Well, there is some aspect of the fact that May, October Very is typically weaker than um, November to April. And there's a buy, you know. He's chirping in on the sell way and go away May. We know the earnings were great. And the market saw that. That's why it ran up November to April, uh, 27%. Uh, but then again, uh, by the rumor, sell the fact. Uh, Yellen's comments didn't help, but the Fed's been skating very close. To the edge of the ice. They need to assert at some point. The edge of that the ice? Really? And uh, Yellen was sort of uh, lobbing the ball in a lateral to Powell by what? taking some of the heat by saying what's obvious, which is that eventually, if things really pick up, the Fed has to tighten. Well, okay. I do think that she, you're right. She knows what she's saying. And Nancy I think she's Priya. just trying to give the market some time to digest what is an inevitable. Yes rise in rates as the economy continues to heat up. That doesn't mean, however, that that's a rise in rates that's imminent, nor does it mean that it's a rise in rates that's going to get to any level that could totally derail either the economic recovery or, frankly, the stock market. There so you, we think there that the market is overreacting yes. to both what will be a slower economic growth rate in the second half, as well as potentially higher interest rates, by assuming that that means we might be looking at something like 1970s era inflation, potentially stagflation, and all of those great worries. We think that growth will be well above trend line, that the Fed will stay relatively easy, and that we're, we're going to see some um, P.E. compression, but strong enough earnings growth that will overcome that. Okay, so there are some various opinions in there, right? Um, but, you know, again, I think um, I think People have got to stay calm, Gary, right? And mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. I mean, you know, and if you listen to this show and you can go back and listen to our podcast, Gary, I know you're going to give the introduction in a minute, but we've been talking about, you know, I've heard a lot of ex so-called experts saying that hyperinflation is on the way. Actually, we heard a lot of that after the Great Recession <laughs> in 2009. And we never saw it, and I'm not sure we're going to see it now, and especially when I don't think people really know what hyperinflation really is. And, and you know, we are going to see inflation, though. You know, we have this, you know, recovery going on. Right. We've got a strong GDP, you know, we, we, but it, it, it's, that's the idea of the transitory, meaning that it might not be going on forever. And that we have to start, you know, hoarding our, you know, pantry um, because of, of you know, our paper money isn't going to be worth anything. So I'll talk a little bit more after, you know, Carol, let you get started. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about 
what you know what some of the other people are saying and you know how the what the fed does and we'll talk about some of the other economic data the one probably the most eyebrowing raising of course was the jobs report that came out this morning we're taping the show right. on friday and the biggest mm-hmm. miss ever you know where where <laughs> the, they were you know the headline forecasts were for a million non-farm right. payrolls and it came in at 266 266, yeah. And the previous month was revised downward. So, so. Ouch. Well, yeah, but again, you know, <laughs> Jay Powell, remember after, see, the, the, the previous month's jobs report, Carrie, it was over 900,000. It was over what, 916 or whatever. I, I mean, I'm trying to go by memory, but it was, it wasn't a million, but it was over 900,000. And a lot of people at that point were saying, Oh, see, this is what we told you. This is what we're worried about. Right. You know, inflation's going to hyperinflation and, and the Fed doesn't know what they're doing. And remember, it was, it was Jay Powell, the Federal Reserve chairman after, you know, came out last month and said, you know, one good jobs report's not changing our uh, position. Right. He said, you got to wait. You know, and, and you gotta, you, you, you know, and, and see, a lot of people don't like that, that the Federal Reserve doesn't act on Wall Street forecasts. Well, they shouldn't act on impulse. I think that would cause even bigger problems. You think? Because even though the jobs, I mean, that one month of good, they, um, then that same article, it was 8.2 million fewer jobs than February 2020. That's an issue. Yeah, and, and that's what Fed Chairman Powell has been saying. He's saying, I am not worried about inflation. I'm not worried about the people who did very, very, very well in the Rona recession. Right. I'm more concerned about the lower income level that did very, very bad. Right. You know, the 8 to 10 million right now that haven't gone back to work or right. are looking for work. and Or you- though some of the argument is because of the unemployment the coronavirus, the added value that they had for extra unemployment. Now Biden's bill gave extra that some companies say, I'm trying to get people back to work. They don't want to come back to work. Right. Well, you know, so that's part of those numbers. I was I was reading that there's yes, the job, but sometimes people are incentivized to stay at home. Right. Well, there's a lottery. I mean, people are fearful. Right. Some people are afraid to go back to work. Right. Um, you, you know, and, and what you're saying is, yeah, some people are making that decision. If I can bring home more money for my family by right. staying at home, clicking on employment, right. then going back to work. Well, doesn't it make sense I do that for or, my family? Or what about there's daycares cost anything if you can't work from or some people, if you have young kids, I can't imagine. Thankfully, mine were older last spring when everything shut down. How are you supposed to help your young elementary school kids online? Or if daycare shut down, how am I supposed to work? So I'm sure right. there's a lot of reasons, you know, it's just reasons. frustrating. And, 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 and like I said, so, but also too, I always thought, now maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just thinking back a long time ago that if you were, uh, if you lost your job, you were laid off mm-hmm. and you started collecting your unemployment and then your employer asked you to come back to work that you had to or you lost your benefits that's what i thought that's how it used to be apparently that's not the case anymore <laughs> right and then what well, didn't you have to actively look like because i remember oh yeah but nobody did that a, but you had to actively work well, and show yeah but nobody did that um really? yeah no i, See, I mean i, I mean know. i'm talking about the masses you know right. you know no See, i don't think people would do that like not till employment runs out then they do that but but the but the idea um is but I did think if your employer asked you to come back that you had to go back or you lost the unemployment benefit. Yeah, but maybe under the Rona, maybe there's an exception right, for there that. Could be. Maybe you say I'm afraid to go back because I'm going to get the Rona. Mm-hmm. Maybe and I don't know. have to look for something. I don't know. Or maybe there's just so many unemployed that they know they'll, that, that there's no agency that no can way watch to, dog. Right. You. Um, that, mm, that's that probably could be more of the case. Um, but yeah, but but the idea of the, the the governors are saying, yeah, we you know the problem with their small businesses is they can't get people to work, right? Well, you know what, Carrie, I'm sorry, right? But you know that may be your ultimatum, small business man in America, mm-hmm. because if you can't keep your restaurant open mm-hmm. because you don't have enough people to work it, right? Okay, you can shut down. That's your one choice, right? Right. But the other choice is, you know what? You pay more to get people to work. Right. And then maybe if you well, get, maybe if you can stay open, right. maybe you have a chance of, of, of getting through this Rona recovery. But now I gotta pay more when I'm at half capacity. 
because of the government mandate, too. So what's your alternative? Shut down? I don't know. Which a lot of businesses did. They had no choice. Right. But at some point, does the does the employer have to raise at some level, but then there's a the reality of income. If I can't service as many people as I did before. Well, then your choice is to shut down. But, I, I, right, or you keep pushing the government to I'm say. I'm not saying it's an easy choice. Right, no, or I keep pushing to say, hey, let's open things up. Um, I, no, yeah, I, I don't know. Or you just say, well, government, I need more PP plan. Mm, I don't know about that. All right. Well, regardless, there's certainly a lot of things to be worried and concerned about. But like in every um, situation, we'll talk about those things. There's things you can do and taking control with your financial life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. And we are here every Saturday morning between 9 and 10. Um, and we're here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your financial life. Whether you're working, you're retired, you're single, you're married, kids, no kids, divorced, widowed. We try to bring you um, awareness about issues that you may not be aware of and choices that are available. We're sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is a an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. We're traditional financial planner, number crunchers. We do modeling and provide people with a, that objective unbiased analysis that not only saves them money in the long run because we help people with financial choices, gives them clarity um, on the choices they make today and the long-term outcome. We help them design plans to create future tax-efficient income and use the opportunities that exist in the complicated tax code. And if you're concerned about future tax increases, that's even more important. And give you clarity of what what's possible, what can you do, what's realistic, based on conservative and realistic assumptions, and help people analyze choices. So as much as we focus on long-term planning, also people need help with timing of Social Security, pension elections, Maybe you're worried about the real worry you said a long-term care stay or healthcare costs. Can I afford to retire? But I'm um, before 65 because a lot of people come in and say I'm going to retire at 65 or my full Social Security age because of healthcare or because that's the date and really don't like their job or don't like what they're doing anymore. Um, but you know that pension election timing of social security, the long-term care worry, and there are multiple ways to address that. There's hybrids, there's all kinds of creative ways. We've had shows on that in the past, um, and hopefully soon we'll um, do a show or at least a segment on the long-term care issue, because I think even though we have um, the Rona and all these other government spending going on, that's still a big issue. Um, but the estate planning team has been around Cleveland more than 35 years and we offer a free consultation, which we can do by phone or in person. We're still happy to meet with you. And for the consultation, we actually do some preliminary analysis or we'll talk to you about your concerns and do analysis based on that to see if we can help you and what value or benefit we might be able to provide you. And we also show you maybe your things that you're worried about you shouldn't be and maybe there's things you're not worrying about because you're not aware that you should be and you can take advantage of a free consultation you can give us a call at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com that's financialfoodforthought.com or 440-239-2090 i know before you uh, market into the show more of the topics i did see they were talking about the average Net worth of America is 65 to 74, which was surprisingly higher than I thought. They said the average net worth of a 55 to 64 year old was 1.1 million. Okay. And 65 to 74, 1.2 over 75, 977,000. And there's a huge difference between 45 and 54 was 800,000 and 35 to 44 was about 400. A lot higher, I actually, well, did they get, than yeah, I thought. See, so, so sometimes you have to look at that, Karen, and say, well, what's the medium? Oh, uh, uh, the median's a lot different. Now, the median for 55 and 64 is 212 yeah. versus average of 1.1. Yeah. So that's, that's the one percenters that are, yeah. that are, that are skewing you know, it higher. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why, you know, but, but it, it leads to the idea that, that, 
you know that you know if you're fearful of the headlines and i don't care what it is if you're fearful that the vaccines are going to kill you if you're fearful that the rona is going to kill you uh if you're fearful that the rona economic downturn is going to kill you or if you're fearful that president biden's going to you know tax you to death mm-hmm. all right i you see don't get too caught up in the headline forecasts right watch the real data Mm-hmm. Um, sharpen your own elbows. You know, don't ask your neighbor what's fa- affecting them. You know, you've got to figure out what's going to affect you. And uh, that's what we've been trying to talk to everybody on this show or, and certainly our clients. You know, Carrie, how many clients called up, you, you know, when there, when, you know, Chris Van Hollen put in his get rid of the step up and basis rules, right? Oh, and, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, th- th- and they're still calling because yeah. they heard it. And, and they're worried, and some people should be worried. By yeah, the way, absolutely, and and that's if you're in that group, you got to identify that. But you be proactive. That's the thing. Don't just sit there worry. Sometimes I think fear or concern. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. No, there is a lot you can do about it, or at least find out. Right, and 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 again, yeah. So if you're making over four hundred thousand dollars a year, you should be concerned about a rising income tax rate under the Biden administration, right? If you, uh, you know, if if you're gonna have capital gains in a year where you have over a million dollars of income Mm -hmm. okay yeah you might want to plan for that that may be the situation if you're selling a business right Mm -hmm. going into retirement that's going to be your walk away you're selling the business the american dream well in that year you may be over a million and if the if the sell the business was going to create capital gains that could breed a higher tax that but i mean chances are most americans just with the normal income in retirement or even while they're working um they're not going to have that combination of huge capital gains and over a million dollars of income, right? Right. Um, you know the rollback of the federal state tax exemption. I don't know if Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, you know, bill is going to pass. <laughs> I know, sure hope he not. He wants to roll it back to three and a half million. A couple that's seven million. Well, again, maybe you know we know that the, it's going to the federal state tax exemption is scheduled to be cut in half when Trump's tax package, you know, expires at, at right? the end of twenty twenty five. So the current eleven point seven million will get cut in half in twenty twenty six, unless you know the Republicans somehow get enough seats and votes to extend it or make it permanent. Um, so you could plan for that. But also, too, you know, for, in terms of the federal state tax, again, it's not only uh, unless you're dying today, um, you know, of course, we never know when we're going to die. But, you know, you don't understand what I'm saying is that you have to say, well, where do I think my net worth will be at the, my life expectancy? Right. See, that may be diff- if you don't have a good financial plan mm-hmm. that's modeling that out, you may be making knee jerk reactions or the wrong decision because right. you think you do. You definitely do have have a federal state tax exposed problem or you don't and and, and and there's things you can do if you think you might be and if you don't know you can be proactive we have clients in that situation where they're concerned that we're saying okay let's look at your options now so that if needed you can take that action right so i'm starting to bring i haven't talked about this carrie in, in in 20 years right the idea there's only four things you can do with your money folks right Mm-hmm. The first one is you can spend it yourselves while you're living. Right. And spending can mean all kinds of Second things. Second one could be you could gift it to your friends and family while you're living. The third one is you can give it to charity either while you're living or at the time of your death. And the fourth one is you die and some of it goes to the government. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about estate taxes or estate tax exposure. So those are your four choices. They haven't changed forever. And the solutions are out there. Mm-hmm. We might have to dust them off because it's been a while since the federal state tax exemption was six hundred thousand. It was nineteen ninety seven. Okay, not that long ago, perhaps. Right. Um, but clearly, six hundred thousand is a lot less than the current eleven point seven million. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if Bernie is successful and rolling back to three and a half million, mm-hmm. portability gives you a couple t- seven million. Right. Is that gonna? Is that you know? So you might have to worry. So, but. But if you're not at those levels, then maybe you don't have to worry about, you know, and, uh, rising taxes that's going to ruin your retirement. Um, now, is Janet Yellen going to ruin your retirement? A lot of people are fearful of that, right? <laughs> um, you know, and, and this was her, this was her quote. Right. 
So it could cause some very modest increases in interest rates to get that reallocation. But these are investments our economy needs to be competitive and to be productive. I think that our economy will grow faster because of them. And that's what spooked Wall Street. But here's the thing. If interest rates go up and we have inflation, doesn't that mean our interest rates on our money will go up too? Yeah, but who cares about that, Gary? (laughs) I'm just saying, have you seen, like a client asked me to look up an IRA because they wanted to do an IRA contribution, wasn't sure where to put it. I checked like 120 month CD. Do you know how terrible, it's not even 1%. Uh, it, it, no. It was it was point zero four. I was like, no, stick it in, like, say, if you didn't know, stick it in a saving. So yeah. you figure it out. Point um, zero four. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, and... You know, some analysts cautioned, though, that, that Yellen was likely commenting on basic economics rather than monetary policy. See, she's not Fed chairman anymore. She's not making monetary policy. You know, you can't read her. You can't. It's, it's a different role. Yeah. It's a different responsibility. Yeah. She hasn't lost any of her intelligence. She's just, <laughs> you know, it's a different, you know, different perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that her remarks should not be taken as a signal of any coming policy shift. Obviously, she was actually asked about the growing share of government spending to GDP. And she was asked a very eco- economist question. She knows something about economy, you know, economics, mm-hmm. Carrie. You know, she is a Yale professor, you know, a Ph.D. from Yale in right. economics. OK. Taught economics at Harvard. You know, she knows something about economics. Right. Um. She has a very economist way where interest rates to yields might have to rise a little bit for the reallocation of resources, and the market read that as rates will have to rise. Uh, you know, you know, it would cost it cost so much fury in that day in the market that she actually had to get to Wall Street Journal on the phone later in the afternoon to clarify what she said, right? Um, and you know, she clarified, and she does not see Biden's plans overheating the economy, and was not predicting or recommending higher interest rates. She also reiterated that she does not expect inflation to become a problem, and I don't think there's going to be an inflationary problem. But if there is, the Fed can be counted on to address it. All right. Um, now, um, but that doesn't stop people fearful of inflation, Carrie. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and quite frankly, I was shocked. Shocked by the uh, some of the the radio talk during the week, um, and you know, and Glenn Beck. I, I mean, Armageddon. You know, Glenn Beck. I mean, you know, he he, he was talking about you know you ought, you got to quit your white collar desk job right now, and you better learn like to be an auto mechanic. Because, uh, you know, in a post-apocalyptic world, you know, you're, you're, no one's going to pay you for your service job. You know, you're going to have to find a, a trade that people are going to need. Um, you know, he, 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 you know, I mean, I love Glenn Block. I, I think his show is great. I listen to it all the time. But he was prophesizing that America is going to revert to like to a, a, a like a, a bartering society. Carrie, he's he's saying that your paper dollars are going to be worthless. He's saying this on his show. Okay. Um, he he recommended that you know you should use your paper money right now to buy and store up and hoard hard goods. Okay, that will be in a high demand when the U.S. economy collapses. Toilet paper uh, under the summer. Well, I'm no. gonna go stock up on toilet yeah. paper. We know, but you know, before <laughs> that, you know, he might maybe starting with the A's. You know, what his first two recommendations Lord up was alcohol and ammunition. Oh well. Now we know how well those will go yeah, together, right? I was right? gonna say yeah. Um, but I mean, really, I think people are already stopping on the ladder. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Charlie Kirk. Okay. Um, I mean, he was ranting about how this is a big Ponzi conspiracy and that, you know, the, the inflation is, is, is going to 8%. I'm thinking, we know he didn't give a time frame of when he thought inflation was going to 8%. If it's 30 years. <laughs> and I think it was many 30 minutes. Um, but the way he was talking. Right. Um, but you know, I don't know. And then, of course, you know, and, and part of what the headlines came out was that Bank of America, you know, famous for their, you know, financial headlines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they came out and warned everyone about temporary hyperinflation. Okay. Te- but hyperinflation really? is a big difference between it, even inflation going up. Because you did a show earlier this year on your father-in-law from Hungary and talking about real hyperinflation. Yeah. That's a little bit different than some inflation. Right. And, you know, and the idea, but, but even the term 
um, uh, you know, <laughs> the term temporary hyperinflation. It's kind of redundant, isn't it, Carrie? Because mm-hmm. I would make a, I would guess, I would say any hyperinflation is going to be temporary. You know why? Because the country is going to collapse. It ain't going to go on for too long. Right. You're referencing, you know, when I was talking about Hungary, you know, <laughs> in Hungary, it's not, it wasn't, it's not funny, but it's, it's, to me, what, what's, you know, that I don't think America's headed for hyperinflation, right? Because at the time, you know, um, you know, Hungary's prices, you know, in the post-World War II, you know, 1945, 1946 period, prices were doubling, carry every 15 hours. Right. So that's hyperinflation. Even if it, okay, even if prices doubled every week. Well, that okay. would be an issue. Now, again, there is no technical definition of hyperinflation, right? Uh, other than just it's it's you know it's excessive. always rapid, excessive, out of control price increases, right? But but typically, most economists will talk about if there's more than a fifty percent per month increase in prices. Okay. Okay. Um, so, um, so how quickly under Charlie Kirk's we're going to eight percent? So under true hyperinflation, all right. So let's let's call it let's say April inflation was two percent, right? So fifty percent increases every month, Carrie, right? So mm-hmm. by May that means it would be three percent. Okay. By June that means it would be four and a half percent. Okay. And then by July that's you know six point seven five percent. So now we're getting to Charlie's eight percent. Okay. So do you really think that prices are going to go? eight percent by the summer no but i can tell you i mean if you look i've gotten gas lately that's slightly okay gone let's up. talk about gas what's Gro- gas three bucks maybe yeah, not two, quite i was gonna say 289 okay let's just say by may it's three bucks okay okay so under hyperinflation you know 50 percent increases okay. monthly by june it'd be 450 a gallon okay. by july it would be you know 675 a gallon again do you think we'll be paying six seven dollars a I gallon of gas think- by july 4th I don't think people would put up with paying that without a lot of screaming. How about your grocery bill? Grocery Carrie? bills have gone up. Okay. I can tell you. What? Do you, what okay, Carrie. I, what's <laughs> what's what's my grocery bill a week? You know, a hundred uh, bucks a week. I'm just going to throw a number okay. out there. So if it's a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks a week now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Under a hyperinflation situation, it'd be $150 next month. Okay. And $225 the following month. Right. Ouch. Do you think it will be there? No, I sure hope not. I got well, a, then I, I got a growing teenager. My bill, yeah, he, I yeah. probably spend at least a hundred on him alone. So I and you know and again, you, you know what Chairman Powell and Secretary Yellen. Remember, she's not yelling, Carrie. She's Janet Yellen. <laughs> she's always so calm when she talks. Right? That's what I love about her. Maybe that's why, like, she did that for a reason, so people wouldn't make fun of her. Um, because <laughs> that would be really funny if she yelled or was a loud. Person. I would, I would die if she ever came out and started yelling. <laughs> yeah, being a very loud and boisterous. Like, oh, I, I would pay to see that. I've never. I mean, she's always been very oh, calm, very soft-spoken, even when she's being drilled by Congress. Right. She never lost Keeps her, her cool. cool. Uh, she's always the smartest person in the room, but anyone who's ever met her. Um, anyway, so. That, well, that's not saying much being in Congress, Mark. Well, gonna, no, I'm talking about anyone that's I was going to say, I can see other places, but in Congress, come on. Yeah. Um, Self-serving, yes, but. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if, you know, inflation's coming on like the cicadas are going to come on by summer, Gary, right? Um Oh yeah, the cicada. Yeah, I cicadas, heard. cicadas. Yeah, cicadas. What are the cicadas? What did I cicadas, say? Cicada. 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 Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> cicadas. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Yeah. Um, but you know, the so again. But here's the point: if you are concerned that we're going to have inflation that goes beyond transitory, you know, because we always say, you know, inflation is transitory to it's not right. Um, mm-hmm. We can run that model for you. Right. And and say, okay, let's model that. Let's build a plan B or a plan R, you know, you know, and alternative and, and say, okay, this is what my plan looks like if we have you know, we may see inflation spike up a bit, maybe two and a half. Do I hear three percent and then maybe settle back down? You know, because what the Federal Reserve keeps saying is that they have the tools ready to go. If they see um inflation you know, sticking above, you know, the 2%, and, and they don't really say how much, um, but they're also saying we don't think it's going to be that great because you're still 8 to 10 million people who aren't working. 
Um, so, you, you know, and, and their, their main concern is that. But if it does, they said, then we've got the tools and we can react. And Yellen said that too. He said, she said that too, that Federal Reserve will react if the economy gets overheated. Um, but you know, again, if you want to run a, an alternate plan scenario to see if you should be making financial decisions mm-hmm. based on a higher rate of inflation than the, perhaps you were using in your previous model, right? then go ahead and do that to see if you're going to be okay. Some people will, some people won't. Right. Does that mean you, if you haven't retired yet, you have to work longer to maintain the, the retirement lifestyle that you envisioned? Or maybe I don't want to work longer or maybe realistically because health wise, I'm not going to be able to. So then I, but I know maybe I need to cut my discretion and spend it by 10, 20%. Do I make other decisions so that I'm creating using those areas where my effective tax rates lower? to create more income so I don't have to worry about that. I mean, it's using the tools that are out there that you may not be aware of. Right. And as opposed to just getting, you know, paralyzed in fear because of the headlines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the other idea, well, let's say you're already in retirement. It may mean, okay, do you have to cut back on some of your discretionary spending if inflation is going to cause your health care to go up higher than what you were projecting before. Now, when we run financial plans for our clients, we've been doing it for 35 years. We use various rates of inflation depending on the characteristic of the expense. Right. See, sometimes if you're just working with a robot, they forget to ask you that. They may just say, well, what do you want to use for inflation? Well, maybe the real question is, what do you want to use inflation on daily living expenses? What do you want to use inflation rate on health care? And, and maybe there are some expenses that don't go up at all with inflation. Right. Sometimes the purely discretionary items. You don't really say, well, I'm going to increase my Christmas gifts by the cost of living increase. Right. Where some people will, some people won't, but it's more of a choice. And I'm glad you said retirees, Mark, because a lot of times people in retirement have this pot of money they save because we see them coming in and they have maybe their Social Security or they're delaying that to get the higher benefit or they, if they're lucky to have a pension, they see their cash, what they have in checking and savings. The hard part is how to recreate that cash flow tax efficiently. And a lot of people have this pile of money, but they're not sure how much they should touch. Am I going to run out? So I don't want to take too much. And they're not spending when they should be spending. Because I think a lot of times people are, we come in and actually are underspending. And then more often, I think people are underspending than they're overspending. Uh, That's a huge issue. And again, that comes from the idea that it's hard to, you know, in your head to create 30 years of cash flows. Right. With varying inflation rates. And a model. And a a complicated tax code. Right. I mean, and those are things that we can do for our clients and what we've been doing for a very long time. And we offer a free consultation. We're willing to talk to you to see if we can help. Remember, we're not investment advisors. Our clients do that on their own or already work with someone, which we believe with coordination of advisor gets you a better result. The investment advisor we work with are happy with the added value and coordinating and get, they help them get a better result for their clients as well. So take advantage of a free consultation. Find out what you're missing or find out how you can address those things that you're worried about and get clarity. We're doing those by phone or in person. You can call, leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday or you can contact us through the website. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com or 440-239-2090. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and I have Mark Donnelly. Yeah, and we've been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. As you said, Carrie, now, over those 35 years, mm-hmm. as you said, Carrie, we don't manage clients' investments. Nope. You know, there's plenty of investment advisors out there. We work with a lot of good ones. A lot of them talk on this, on, have radio shows right. on, on this station. And I'm sure you've heard them as well. But, but we do talk about rates of return based on certain investment allocations, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit, I, I, I kind of teased this last week here when you weren't here saying that, you know, I, I, there's a lot of headlines, you know, saying that the 60-40 investment allocation is debt. 
So I want to talk a little bit about today, about that today, because I think the uh, rumors of its death has been a little bit overstated. Are you Um, going to be able to get to that overpayment issue? Oh, the the IRS? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Remind me that. Okay. Carrie, I'll I'll try to get to that as well. Okay. Um, The other thing, too, is um, the earnings game. Okay. Um, so in, in, in lieu of time care, I'm not going to make you give us a response. But okay. Gonna, yeah, because I'd just, rather get to the 60-40. Yeah. So just <laughs> real quickly, though, but see, my point about watching the earnings this quarter is because that is what I think is going to drive whether or not we're, you know, people are going to believe that this recovery is happening or fearful that it's not. Now, a lot of people think it's different this time, right? In other words, mm-hmm. that, cause historically, that coming out of a recession, what drove that the, the market was still okay was that the corporate earnings held in there, meaning that the corporate earnings during that year out of the recession, that's what we're in here. You know, we're in this year of a recovery from the Rona recession. And the idea is that in the first quarter, 80 to 85% of the corporate earnings reports have been coming out better, right? But people are saying it's different this time, Mark, because the market was already anticipating that. We are, you know, they knew it was going to be the beach ball bounce, you know, the carry, you know, the idea that if you, if you can imagine holding a beach ball underwater, you know, okay, with, yeah. your hands on pressure and letting go and that beach ball comes shooting out and then it comes shooting right and then it just falls right back down, right? That's that beach ball boom that we're saying. So a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's no surprise that first quarter corporate earnings are doing better than was projected. So they're not excited of that, the, 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 that 80, 85% are beating. So we'll see. Well, what about the the second quarter about the third quarter but um so just you know so just you know we had king oil you know, you know that i wanted to you know and see well how did the oil companies do and so exxon mobile you know they beat you know they beat expectations both on the earnings and on the revenue um you know uh ceo darren woods and i also listen to these guys because the people that run these major corporations are pretty smart people themselves gary right Mm-hmm. Um, so what did Darren Wood say? The strong first quarter results reflect the benefit of higher commodity prices and our focus on structural cost reductions while prioritizing investments in assets with the low cost of supply. Cash flow from operating activities during the quarter fully covered the dividend and capital investments. See, see, remember, well, people are worried about Exxon. They thought that, you know, to keep that strong dividend going, that they would have to borrow money. Well, as it turns out, they didn't. They had enough cash flow to do that. That's a positive sign, right? Then you had Chevron. Okay, Chevron. Um, beat, you know, uh, well, no, actually, Chevron carry. Whoops. Hold Missed. on here. So, um, Chevron's earnings came in at 90 cents per share, and the street was looking for 92. Okay, revenue came in at 32.03 billion. The street was looking for 30.37 billion. So, Carrie, I know you call that a beat. Um, right. I, I, you know, is that a meat or I'll, I'll give you a beat. I mean, two billion over expectations. Right. Um, you know, but you know, shares of Chevron dip two point one percent. You know, after they announced that. Um, then you've got you know, uh, B, BP. And, and, and BP and Royal Dutch sell carry. When you get to the foreign, the numbers get kind of fuzzy because they, they're kind of lost in translation. Okay. Um, but BP, um, they, their earnings beat 77 cents per share versus 43% street was looking for. Revenue came in at 2.6 billion, solidly beating the 1.4 billion expected. Um, Bernard Looney, uh, CEO, uh, overall a strong quarter for the company. Um, you, you know, and everything looks good there. And then Royal Dutch Cell, they were really worried about that company, you know, and, and the European market. Um, but again, 82 cents per share beating 79% per share. So, so, so far, you know, we, we did, you know, the big bad banks. We did the monster tech. We did King Oil. So far, earnings are heading in there. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple misses, mostly gainers. Um, so will it be different this time, even though these corporations are reporting, uh, good earnings? Are you still fearful that the market's about to crash and that, you know, we're going to have a double dip recession or that the vaccine's going to fail and we're going to be right back to a shutdown, mandatory shutdown, you know, or are you, you know, afraid that, you know, we're going to have a war with China? So again, uh, any are, you know, the, the idea of what we can help you if that is your fear, is the idea of saying, um, 
let's work out the um, the plan R or the alternative plan, a worst case scenario plan that leaves you into decision making mode, saying I'm still going to be okay or no, I need to make adjustments. Right. All right. Um, all right. So, Carrie, you, you wanted me to talk about the what are they sixty forty. Sixty forty. Um, so this is just some recent headlines, Carrie. Uh, is the sixty forty portfolio dead? The old 60-40 formula for stocks and bonds has run into trouble. The 60-40 portfolio is dead. Here's what will replace it. RIP, the 60-40 portfolio. Jeez. The death of the 60-40 portfolio. Bank of America, I told you, they're always good for their headlines, right? Bank of America declares the end of the 60-40 standard portfolio. The 60-40 portfolio needs a reboot. Okay, a new look for a classic portfolio. So a lot of reports that the 60-40 portfolio is dead. And with all due respects to Mark Twain, you know, I think they've been greatly exaggerated. Um, now, Carrie, a lot of times, uh, you know, I talk about keeping my eye on the 60-40 and how it's done over time, right? Right. And usually as a benchmark, I just use the, you know, S&P 500 for the growth side or the equity okay. side and the US aggregate bond market for the fixed, you know, or bond side. But I'm going I'm going to mix that up a little bit today. I'm going to use the Ohio Deferred Comp 457 plan. Okay. okay? You know, um, because you know, I'm lucky enough to have a very good client who provides me with her latest, you know, newsletter okay. that shows the history of all the options in okay. the 457 plan, you know. She also happens to be my wife, Carrie. Oh. <laughs> uh, happy Mother's Day, Margaret. Yeah, that was nice, Mark. Um, now you guys have plans? Yeah, we're, we're having. Um, yeah, we're having all the kids and spouses and stuff. Nice. Um, and I'll do the cooking and give mom a break. That's really nice. Um, and let's see. So, so I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to use you know, and I'm just going to pick. You know, so there's lots of options in Ohio Deferred Comp, and if you're in the Ohio Deferred Comp, that's a 457 plan. That's a great plan. It's very popular for our clients who have the option of going in that. And by the way, you know, Ohio has now allowed 457 plans to have a Roth option. Mm-hmm. You know, but it still doesn't mean your employer has opted for that. So, you know, you might want to ask your employer if they are, if say if they say you're eligible for the Ohio Deferred Comp 457, you may still have to ask them, by the way, are you allowing the Roth option? And that may be uh, something you want to look into. Um, but, okay, so I'm going to use the, um, the Vanguard Institutional Index, like a big, broad stock index, Carrie, right? Okay. Um, large cap, you know, stock index. And for the fixed side, I'm going to use the Vanguard Total Bond Market Index. Okay. Um, so, you know, and those are two options in the Ohio Deferred Comp 457 plan. All right. And so, you know, a lot of times we're saying, okay, well, is the 6040 dead? So we can talk about what it did last year, right? In 2020. Okay. We can talk about what it's done year to date, and I'm just going to go up through the first quarter, uh, uh, you know, because they report quarterly. We don't have the second quarter yet. Or you might want to say, I want to go back historically, what it's done over a 52 week, like a rolling 12 months, right? Okay. Um, or you want to go back three years, five years, what have you. So ready? Here we go. All right. So um, year to date through March. Okay. So the. Vanguard Institutional Index Fund did 6.18%, and the Vanguard Institution, or, you know, total bond market lost, right? Mm-hmm. They lost 3.61%. So based on the 60-40 allocation through March, you're up 2.26. Okay. That leads me, that's why some people are saying that the 60-40 is dead, because it's not going to be able to hold up with the, the, with the bond market that may be going down, right? Um, but, how about, how is it done? How did it do for 2020? Well, for the year 2020, the equity did 18.42 and the bond did 7.73. That's a 14.14%. Okay. That did better than what your 5% where you're expecting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How about a rolling 12 month? I mean, don't look now, but on a rolling 12 month, you know, through March, you know, March, you know, April to March, right. you know, the equity side did 56.37%. Jeez. And the bond did... Point five five, but on a you know sixty forty split, thirty four percent. 
Okay, so with a thirty-four percent rolling twelve-month, are you okay with only a two point two percent, you know, year to date through March, right? But how is it done? And you know, over three years, okay, so over three years, the you know average allocate is ten point six seven. Wow. How about five years? Okay, um, you know, over five years, ten point nine two. Jeez. How about ten years? Okay, over ten years, nine point eight six. I don't know how that's dead. Um, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, I don't know. How I can live with that. So I don't know if you necessarily have to assume now. But here's my point. You know, again, we don't I'm not telling you how to invest your 457 plan. That's between you or if you're using a professional investment advisor, how you're investing your own money. Right. But here's my point. So if, if but if a professional investment advisor does tell you. Or any financial professional, carry tells you that the sixty forty is dead. I want you to ask them. Well, what do they propose then? Okay. Okay. And by the way, not only what you propose, but what do you think the return is going to be based on what you propose? Okay. Okay. And go and and see what the response is. Um, and that could be interesting. Um, and that's why now, but here's my point. Yeah. You may not want to run forward, project forward the, the tremendous returns that the 6040 has done historically. Okay. All right. I agree with that. And you may even say, yeah, I'm more tending to think that, you know, I'm listening to Fed Chairman Powell who said the interest rates are not, he's not going to raise interest rates right now. Right. Um, I'm not sure if the market will be able to hold in. So, so we kind of go from there. So that's the idea of we can help you with. Um, all right, Carrie. So let's see. Um, and, and my point is, in other words, in the model, you may say, I'm still going to keep 60 40 or I'm, I'm going to, but I'm not going to assume a six, five percent, five, six percent return. I'm going to use a four to five percent rate of return. Or if you're saying I'm really worried about the risk, I, I think 60-40 is too aggressive. Am I going to be okay if I go with the 50-50 mm-hmm. at a lower rate of return? See, right. the idea of don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. That's what a good financial model helps you with. All right, Carol, only got a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. And you wanted me to, yeah. So you might be getting some fan mail from the IRS. If you're in the situation where when you filed your 2020 tax return, that you had an overpayment mm-hmm. that you chose not to get the refund, but to do a credit carry for it or, you know, per, you know, use it for 2021's estimated taxes. Right. Because for the first time ever, we had a little situation where even though the, the return was extended to May 17th, the first quarter estimate was still due April 15th. Mm, which was great for people. How do you guess? And so what the, what the IRS fan mail is saying is that you, you may not be able to apply the, your overpayment to cover the first quarter estimate. Now the key is. Because it's late, technically? Well, the key is when did you pay it? So in other words, if you had the taxes all paid in by April 15th, like it was all done withholding on your W-2, You'll be okay because it was technically paid in by or April fifteenth. Filed before April fifteenth and, and applied that and paid in. But if you didn't file the May seventeenth, you made a big extension payment with May seventeenth. That may not cover the first quarter estimate. Don't panic. There's lots of ways to solve this issue. If you get the fan mail, we'll keep you posted. All right. Call the estate planning team at four four zero two three nine twenty ninety or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.